Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, our listener support campaign continues, and you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. For all donations of $7 or more, we'll send access to our premium site. And at the $20 level, we'll send a free digital copy of my ebook, All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Columbo, plus one additional bonus gift. Among those available at the $20 level is one of the Colonial Radio Theater's Perry Mason Mysteries. Uh, these are told uh, just as Earl Stanley Gardner wrote them. They're different from the Raymond Burr stories. These are set in the 1930s, a bit more hard-boiled, and kind of the original uh, antenna gardener. Those are available at the $20 level, and of course at the $250 level, we will send you, the com if you're in the United States, the complete set of A Nero Wolf Mystery, both seasons. Alright, well now we get into today's episode of Sherlock Holmes. After the 48-49 season, the Clippercraft run over Mutual of Sherlock Holmes ended, but the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes continued over ABC with Ben Wright uh, taking over the role of Sherlock Holmes. Long-time listeners will recall that during the Tom Conway era, he uh, filled in for Conway uh, one week. Also uh, on ABC, Eric Snowden uh, played Dr. Watson. Wright, of course, was a well-known character actor, but he did have a couple of starring roles, this being uh, one of them, and this is a different characterization of Holmes. We only have one episode of this series. This is from... March 22nd of 1950, uh, and this one's called The Duke of Holywell. Petri Wine brings you the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes, based on the stories by the late Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and featuring Ben Wright as Sherlock Holmes, and Eric Snowden as Dr. Watson. A true craftsman takes real pride in his product. And the Petri family takes great pride in the wine that bears the Petri name. Ever since the Petri business was founded, way back in the 1800s, it has always been owned and operated by the Petri family. That's why they've been able to hand on from father to son generations of skill and experience in the art of turning luscious, hand-picked grapes into delicious wine. The Petri family took time to bring you good wine. The personal pride of the Petri family is your assurance that every drop of Petri wine is good wine. If you take pride in serving the finest, 
Look for the five letters that spell one of the proudest names in the long history of fine wine. Petri. Well, here it is Wednesday night again, and time to keep our weekly doctor's appointment. Good evening, Dr. Watt. Good evening, Mr. Allen. Draw up your usual chair and settle yourself down. That's it. Thank you. And now, Doctor, are you all ready with tonight's new Sherlock Holmes story? Yes, my boy. It began as so many of our adventures did at our rooms at 221B Baker Street. And I suppose it was a foggy November evening at the turn of the century. <laughs> no, Mr. Allen, it was a blazing hot day in August. Though your suggestion as to the period of the story is approximately correct. Holmes and I had just completed a late breakfast, I remember, when we heard the sharp sound of horses' hoofs approaching along the street outside. I deduce a client. Elementary, my dear boy, elementary. It was a client, and a very impressive one, too, as we were able to observe when our visitor stood before us. He was a distinguished-looking man of about 55, dressed in the height of sartorial elegance. I can almost hear him now as he said... I'm, I'm in trouble, Mr. Holmes. A very serious trouble. Need your help. Uh, that's why I'm here. Well, then sit down, won't you, sir? Uh, this is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. Oh, how do you do? Oh, how do you do, Mr. Uh, uh, my name is, uh, Smith. Oh, Smith. Uh, John Smith. Oh, oh yes. come, come, Your Grace. If you feel it necessary to call here using an alias, surely you can be a little more inventive than that. Your Grace? Aren't I correct, sir, in presuming you to be His Grace the Duke of Hollywell? Uh, quite correct. Amazing. Quite extraordinary. I, I, I can't think how you knew it. Well, it's really very simple, Your Grace. I observed your coach and pair as you arrived just now. The distinctive Hollywood monogram on the door of the coach was unmistakable. And when I see the same crest on your cufflink and on the gold knob of your cane, and I recall the obsequious way your footman bowed you out of the coach, then it required no uncanny powers to deduce that I am being honored with a personal visit from the Duke himself. Yeah. Uncanny. Positively uncanny. Uh, well, Your Grace, now that we know your true identity, suppose you tell us your problem. Uh, it's a bad business. Very bad business. If Her Grace ever found out about this, my goose would be cooked. The, the Duchess is violently jealous. Violently. Well, yes. supposing you state your case, sir. Case? Oh, 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 case, yes. <laughs> yes it seems funny when you put it that way. Uh, well, uh, here's the thing in a nutshell. In a very, uh, shall we say, uh, confidential nutshell. Uh, I've been indiscreet, devilishly indiscreet, with a, with a certain actress in London. Uh, somebody's found out about it, and they've been blackmailing me. Have you any idea who that somebody is? No, no, Holmes, but it's uh, somebody who knows my movements, and I've been careful, devilishly careful. Haven't been near the theater, little supper parties after the show, uh, a cold bird in a bottle, you know. Really, really quite innocent, but I'm afraid the Duchess would... Would never see it that way. In what form has this blackmail taken, there is? Notes demanding money and threatening to inform my wife if I don't pay. But, but here's the funny thing, Holmes. Uh, no matter how carefully I've chosen an unobtrusive restaurant for our meetings, uh, these notes have been delivered to me by a waiter within half an hour after entering the restaurant. You kept the notes, of course, sir. Oh, good heavens, no, tore them up. Far too incriminating to, to have them on me, you know. Oh, that's most unfortunate. Yes. They very possibly have given a clue as to the identity of the sender. Um, how many notes have you received? Uh, three, three. Uh, they've cost me over 5,000 pounds, and uh, they're trying to beat me dry, that's what. And that's why I've come to you, Holmes. Oh, uh, here, this, uh, this envelope, it's for you. And, and uh, what does it contain, Your Grace? A uh, thousand pounds in banknotes. 
And they're yours if you can find the leeches who are after me. Well, that's a very generous fee, but uh, before I undertake the case, I'd like some more facts. Now, what is the name of this actress with whom you're involved? Oh, good heavens, I, I thought I couldn't tell you that. Well, how can my friend help you if he doesn't know the facts? Why, I couldn't mention a woman's name. Shocking bad form. Shocking! Only, only a beastly cat would do a thing like that. Well, then, good morning, your grace. Yes? Uh, permit me. Your cape? No. Your cane? Your gloves? Well... And your thousand pounds. I'll see you to the door. All right, well, you, you mean you refuse the case? I do, sir. Hmm. Mystery at one end of my cases, I expect. But at both ends, no. Goodbye, well, your grace, and good luck. Hmm. Well, you're, you're an odd fellow, Holmes. Uh, very odd. I, I, I don't think I understand you, as a matter of fact. A uh, thousand pounds is a thousand pounds, you know. <laughs> yes, you certainly don't understand it. Good day, Your Grace. Well, on my soul, Holmes, he may be the Duke of Hollywood or whatever it is, but I think he's one of the stupidest men I ever met. If he is rather odd, isn't he, old chap? Well, there goes a thousand pounds and the Duke of Hollywell. No doubt that is the last we shall hear of him. <laughs> Just how stupid was the Duke? Uh, I beg your pardon, madam. You walk in here unannounced. Yes, and it's very obvious you've been following our previous visitor. I have, and I need to. Holly shouldn't be allowed out without a keeper. Holly? You mean that... I mean my husband, the Duke of Hollywell. You were the Duchess? <laughs> your sense of logic is inescapable, Mr. Holmes. You've been following your husband, eh? Obviously. I waited in a hansom down the street. As soon as I saw him leave, I came up here. Why did Holly come to you, Mr. Holmes? I'm afraid that professional ethics prevents me from... He it. came to you because he was being blackmailed, didn't he? Blackmailed because of his interest in a certain so-called actress at the Gaiety Theatre. Well, how much did he offer you? A thousand? Oh, yes, as a matter of fact, he did. I'll make it two thousand. But this is most unusual. I don't think I quite understand your attitude, madam. <laughs> it's simple enough. I want this blackmailing to stop, and I want Holly to learn a lesson. He's terrified of my finding out, and that's just the way I want him to remain. Perhaps one good scare will make him a little more amenable in future. <laughs> the silly old thing's got to realize that he's no longer the dashing, locking vow he was in my days at the theater. Well, Mr. Holmes, will you undertake the case? Yes. Yes, I think I will. It's most intriguing. Uh, your husband was remarkably gallant. He, uh, refused to give me the lady's name. Hmm. I've no such scruples. The woman is Florine. Florine Laverne. That's her stage name. She's really Amy Thomas from Brixton. She changed her name and the color of her hair when she left the chorus line at the Gaiety. Oh, and in, in what show is she appearing now, Your Grace? She's the soubrette in the French Maid at the Gaiety Theatre. And a very bad soubrette she is, too. She's singing one of my old numbers and singing it atrociously. And you think that she's behind this blackmail plot? Oh, I don't think it, my dear man. I know it. I'm too familiar with the type. She smothered herself in diamonds at Holly's expense, and now she's trying blackmail. Why not go backstage at the matinee this afternoon and see her? We will, Your Grace. We certainly will. Good. And don't let those goo-goo eyes of hers fool you. Dr. Watson... You're looking at me very strangely. Uh, well, uh, you, uh, you you mentioned being in the theater just now. You know, your face seemed awfully familiar as you came in. Aren't you, I mean, uh, weren't you... Uh... <laughs> I was Victoria Gladstone. Of course. Oh, I've enjoyed seeing you many a time, your best. 
Uh, what was that famous number you sang? The same one you'll hear Florine Laverne singing tonight. Waiting at the church. Yes, that's the one. Now, now how does it go again, Your Grace? <laughs> well, I hardly expected a thing when I came in here. But I'll see what I can do. There was I, waiting at the church, waiting at the church, waiting at the church. When I found he left me in the nest, my hope is upset the pain. I don't think she's nearly as good as the Duchess home. Quiet, Watson, let her finish. I can't get away to marry you today. My wife won't let me. Seems to like her anyway, don't they? She's a pretty little thing, isn't she? Uh, with the last of the vets, you know, huh? Yes. Standing here in the wings watching her, it's hard to believe she's a blackmailer. Ah, ah here she comes now. Uh, Miss Lavern. Oh, are you gentlemen waiting for me? Uh, yes, we were. We'd like a word with you, if you don't mind. Uh, oh, please come to my dressing room. I don't think we've met before, have we? I'm generally so awfully good on faces. No, we've not met. Uh, my name is Holmes, and this is my old friend, Dr. Watson. Oh, oh how do you do? How do you do? Well, here's my dressing room. Come in, won't you? Do sit down. That's it. Uh, Mr. Holmes, you're not Sherlock Holmes the detective, are you? Yes, Miss LaBerne, I am. Well, isn't that exciting? Oh, my friend's here on business, Miss LaBerne. But what could you possibly want with me? I may as well be perfectly frank. You are a close friend of the Duke of Hollywell, aren't you? I know him, yes. He's been very kind to me. He sent me to singing teachers and, well, he's almost been like a father to me. Ah, I see that I must be thanked. Miss LaBerne, the information that I have leads me to believe that your relationship with the Duke is very far from uh, paternal. However, I am not a moralist. The reason that I am here is that his grace is being blackmailed. Blackmailed? Over me? Yes, Miss LaBerne, over you. He's been receiving letters threatening to tell his wife unless money was paid. But why didn't Holly tell me? Oh, the poor boy. Perhaps the reason he didn't tell you, Miss Laverne, is that uh, unconsciously he thinks you may be connected with this blackmailing. Me? Oh, you're not serious, Mr. Holmes. I am. Do you deny that you've received presents of valuable jewelry from the Duke? No, but why shouldn't I? He admires me, and he's a wealthy man. It's quite customary for ladies in the theatre to receive presents from wealthy admirers, but blackmail. Oh, Mr. Holmes, I'm very angry with you. How could you even think such a thing of me? Because, despite your rather ingenuous manner, you're obviously a very shrewd woman. You know that the Duke is not exactly a mental giant. He'd be one of the easiest men in England to hoodwink, and blackmail is the form of hoodwinking. Get out of here! Both of you! I'm not going to sit here any longer and being insulted. Go on, get out! Get out! Regular little tiger cat when she drops her mask, isn't she? Mm, she is, old chap. We can move no further in this case until we get some concrete facts. And there's only one place we can get them. You mean the Duke? I do. We'll call on him at once. Uh, well, well, I, 
I'm, I'm glad you've changed your mind, Holmes. Uh, very glad. We've not only done that, Your Grace. We've actually done some preliminary investigation on the case. Yes, we've mm. just left Miss Lavone's dressing room. Oh, dear. Oh, dear me. Well, but how, how did you know it was her? I, I didn't tell you. Well, I have my methods, sir. Hmm. And now, Your Grace, to business. Business? Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Business, yes. I need your cooperation. Now, the only clue you've given me is the fact that these blackmail notes have always been received within half an hour or so of your keeping a rendezvous with Miss Laverne. But how on earth did you know that? Well, you told us that yourself, Your Grace. I did? Well, hmm. Well, uh, go on, Holmes, go on. Have you made any rendezvous with Miss Laverne for tonight? No, no. As a matter of fact, I, I thought I wouldn't see her anymore. Uh, the whole thing's upset me dreadfully. Uh, dreadfully. Yes, I applaud your decision, Your Grace, but I must ask you to see Miss Laverne once more. I have a plan. I want you to arrange a rendezvous with her after the show tonight. Tonight? Well, but tonight's Wednesday. Impossible to see her. Oh, why, sir? Well, Wednesday's chess night at the guards club. Haven't missed a chess night there in 24 years. Always play with the Earl of Sheppey. <laughs> Always beat the old devil, too. But <laughs> oh. then tonight, Your Grace, you must forgo your weekly triumph. I want you to take Miss Laverne to supper at Gatty's restaurant. Oh, but no one ever goes to Gatty's on a Wednesday. A Friday's the night there. But the present under glass, you know. I'm afraid I must insist, Your Grace. Oh, very well. Gatty's on a Wednesday. Good heavens. Uh, uh, we shall be there too, of course, Holmes. Uh, we shall, old chap. If the previous pattern of these notes is followed, there'll be another one received tonight, and you and I, my dear Watson, will be there to intercept it. <laughs> So you and Holmes went to the restaurant to intercept the blackmail note, eh, Dr. Watson? Yes, Mr. Allen, it seemed like a simple way to solve the problem. Yes, and there usually is a simple way to solve most any problem. For instance, you can solve the problem of how to make something special out of an ordinary meal by serving Petri California Burgundy. For example, a delicious dinner is hamburger served with Petri wine. And it's amazing how good beef stew can be when there's a glass of Petri Burgundy with it. Petri Burgundy is a marvelous, full-bodied red wine that was just made to go with the food we Americans like best. For a superb dinner, serve a nice, juicy steak with a glass of mellow, rich, red Petri Burgundy. It's out of this world. The only way to know how good Petri Burgundy is, is to try it. So serve Petri Burgundy the next time you're having meat or a meat dish. What about tomorrow night for dinner? Just be sure you get Petri Burgundy, because all Petri wines are good wines. Well, Dr. Watson, what happened when you and Sherlock Holmes waited at Gaddy's restaurant that night? Uh, did Miss Laverne keep her rendezvous with the Duke? She did, Mr. Allen. Shortly after midnight, she was ushered into a private room where the Duke was waiting. Without seeing you and Mr. Holmes, of course. Naturally, my boy. And how long did you have to wait before another blackmail note arrived, Doctor? Well, a note never did arrive on that occasion, Mr. Allen. Finally, about 1.15, Holmes scribbled a note himself and had it sent in to the Duke. As we waited for his grace to join us, Holmes turned to me with a look of quiet excitement and said... Interesting case, isn't it, Watson? I don't see that we have any case. Seen no blackmail notes? Personally, I think we've made blooming fools of ourselves. Oh, no. No, old chap, no. We're doing splendidly. The fact that no note has arrived is most encouraging. A very clear pattern begins to emerge. Well, I'm hanged if I can see it. I'd say... No. Hello. Here comes the Duke. Uh, good evening, Your Grace. Uh, or perhaps I should say, good morning. Oh, hello, Holmes. Evening, Doctor. 
Having a shocking supper party. Can't he just sing, not a thing? Oh, the young lady is somewhat distray, huh? Distray? She's livid about what you said to her at the matinee. And she thinks I instigated that visit of yours. I'm having a dreadful time with her. Dreadful. Left her crying into the terrapin soup. It'll be ruined. Well, the soup may be ruined, Your Grace, but uh, you kept my confidence, hmm? Uh, confidence? Uh, well, what confidence? Well, you didn't tell Miss Laverne that we organized this rendezvous tonight. Oh, oh, that? Oh, no, no, I didn't. No, no. no. Splendid. Now, Your Grace, tell me, when you paid these blackmail notes in the past, how was the transaction conducted? I took the bank notes in a plain envelope and handed them to an old flower seller who sits just below the statue of Venus in Piccadilly. Oh, at what time of day, sir? Twelve noon. That was my instructions, but that's what they were in the note. Oh, do you know the name of the flower seller? Uh, Rosie, uh, I think it was. Uh, yes, 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 Rosie, that's it. Well, then tomorrow at noon, Your Grace, you will repeat the procedure. I will. I, I mean, will I? I mean, why? Well, Dr. Watson and I will be mingled in the usual crowd in Piccadilly Circus at that time of the day. And we shall be watching, Your Grace. We shall be watching closely. Now, you pay no attention to us and walk up into the crowd as soon as you've handed over the missive. I shall be curious to see what Rosie does with that money. Devilishly curious. <laughs> That must be Rosie, the blousy old girl with the basket sitting on the steps. Oh, since she's the only flower seller in sight, old chap, I can hardly regard your deduction as totally amazing. Oh, no, no, really? Oh, yes, boy, no, here comes the Duke of Hollywood. Yes. Oh, he's stopping. He's handing an envelope to Rosie. Yes. Now he's walking away. Uh, and he is not looking round to see that we're in view. Bravo, your grace. The grey matter is positively seething this morning. Look, Holmes. Rosie's putting a shawl over her head. Yes, and she's packing up her basket. That's excellent. You keep your eyes skinned, old chap, and don't let her get away from us in this crowd. We've got to keep her in sight. She went into the bank. Yes, Watson. I'm observing her through this window. I... Well, she's, she's filling in a form. Now she's handing it to the cash. Oh, that's most peculiar. I hardly think she's coming out now. Let's grab her. No, 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 Watson. She's obviously only an intermediary. In any case, she has no reason to be suspicious. And I'm quite sure that we can find her later if we need to at the flower stand. There she goes. Yes, come on, old chap. Um, excuse me. Yes, sir? Uh, do you, that old lady that just made a deposit at your window, in uh, whose name was the deposit made? I'm sorry, sir, but the bank can't give out private information like that. Well, my friend is Mr. Sherlock Holmes, the detective. Mr. Sherlock Holmes? Oh, well, that's different. Well, then you don't mind telling me into whose account that money was paid? Not at all, Mr. Holmes. It was paid into the account of the Duke of Hollywell. If you've never tasted Petri California pork, you're missing a wonderful taste treat. Why not give yourself that treat and tomorrow night after dinner enjoy a glass of Petri pork? then you'll really appreciate how delicious Petri Port is. Its wonderful, sweet, fruity taste makes Petri Port the perfect after-dinner drink. That smooth, mellow, sweet flavor reflects the skill of generations of fine winemaking experience. One taste of Petri California Port is definite proof that Petri took time to bring you good wine. If you're having guests, you'll find Petri Port is the ideal wine to serve. And you can serve it proudly, because those five letters, P-E-T-R-I, spell one of the proudest names in the long history of fine wines.
Dr. Watson, as soon as you discovered that the Duke was apparently blackmailing himself, I suppose you and Mr. Holmes dashed off to see him. That was my instinct at the time, Mr. Allen. But to my surprise, my old friend insisted that we call on the Duchess instead. I must say, my boy, I was utterly flabbergasted when he turned to her and said... Why did you do it, your grace? Do it? Do what, Mr. Holmes? Why have you been blackmailing your own husband? Why has he been what? I don't understand. The Duchess does, don't you, your grace? Yes. I understand that you've discovered my little plot. I was quite intrigued to see whether you would. You're a very clever man, Mr. Holmes. Thank you, your grace. And now I repeat my question. Why have you been blackmailing your husband? To teach Holly a lesson. It was high time he got thoroughly frightened. He's too old and too gullible to continue his gallivanting. And so I approached him through one of his most vulnerable spots, his pocketbook. Oh, sorry, but I simply don't understand this. It's very simple, Watson. The Duchess wrote the blackmail notes. Her husband paid them to Rosie. Uh, um, why Rosie, by the way, your grace? Oh, Rosie's an old dresser of mine. She'd do anything for me. I see. And then Rosie paid the money back into your husband's account, hmm? A new account, I imagine. Yes, I opened it recently. Holly wouldn't have known about it until he was over this infatuation and had learned his lesson. But, Your Grace, if you were behind this, then why did you come to Sherlock Holmes? I didn't. I followed Holly. And then I thought it might be rather good for his ego to have the great Sherlock Holmes working for him. And also, quite frankly, I was curious to see whether I'd be caught. How did you catch me, Mr. Holmes? Oh, it was a question of pattern, Your Grace. Every one of the original blackmail notes was received when the Duke was on his regular schedule. Now, the moment I altered that schedule by arranging last night's meeting at Gaddy's, no note was received. And it was then obvious to me that the blackmailer was someone who knew the Duke's habits intimately. <laughs> and Holly is a man of habits. Friday is the night for Gaddy's. Monday the Savoy. Saturday is Claridge's. Uh, it's just the way he courted me. And Wednesday is invariably... Just with the Earl of Sheppey at the guard <laughs> Quite so, Your Grace. Oh, I begin to see it. But, but, but why did you point our suspicion toward Miss Lavon? In the hopes of misleading you both. And in the very sincere hope of frightening her to death. I'm really quite fond of Holly, you know. He's a silly old man, but I do love him. Well, it may interest you to know, Your Grace, that he's already decided to see no more of Miss Lavon. I'm delighted to hear it. Well... You shall get the 2000 I promised it. Well, I've decided to lower my fee. Well, personally, after all, uh, I don't think you should take a fee at all, Holmes. Oh, rubbish. I, I've earned it, and I demand it. Well, what is it to be, then, Mr. Holmes? Well, the Laverne girl really sang your number abominably. I wonder if you'd sing it again for us, Your Grace. By <laughs> George, yes, would you, Your Grace? Very well. That's a modest fee. Let's make it a trio, shall we? Come on. There was I waiting at the church. Waiting at the church, waiting at the church, when I found you left me in the lurch, my heart is up at the You can make any occasion a really special occasion when you serve Signature, the wine that bears the distinguished signature of Angelo Petri. You discover in Signature the true aristocrat of California wine. You can serve Signature with pride because Signature is indeed the crowning achievement of a great California vintner, Angelo Petri. <laughs>
Tonight's Adventure of Sherlock Holmes was written by Dennis Green and presented by special permission of the estate of the late Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Music was composed and played by Dean Foster. This is Herb Allen speaking for the Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. Well, this is a different take on uh, Sherlock Holmes. For one thing, uh, Ben Wright was not trying to sound like Basil Rathbone. Uh, this is, um, uh, this is of course noteworthy because, uh, I think you could say that every single actor, uh, after Rathbone, both Tom Conway and John Stanley for three seasons really had that, uh, Rathbone-esque sound going on. Here, uh, Ben Wright uh, is more of a relaxed, uh, relaxed role and definitely, I think, pretty likable and warm, uh, as uh, Sherlock Holmes. So definite departure from John Stanley. Uh, of course, not sounding like, uh, or trying to sound like Basil Rathbone may have been, uh, what doomed the series. Second season over Mutual had a 6.5 Hooper rating. Uh, this one had a rating about half that, uh, so into the threes. And so this would be the very last season of the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The few years off since its uh, premiere in 1930, uh, was then, uh, canceled. I really would like to, he- to hear more of this, uh, Ben Wright series. Uh, this episode's somewhat atypical, um, it's uh, from the uh, 27th of 39 episodes, and uh, probably a little lighter in tone than a typical uh, episode. But this would not be the end of Sherlock Holmes in the United States. Tower of London would produce a synd- uh, in uh, England would produce a syndicated program which would come to the U.S. over the NBC network. And we will bring you that one as our last Sherlock Holmes series, so be sure and join us next week for that. All right, now to listener comments and feedback. Valerie says, I love your podcast and I love your commentaries. I listen every day. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, Valerie. That will do it for today. Join us tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And next Thursday, uh, another new Sherlock Holmes Send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.